Welcome to another episode of the You Flourish podcast, where we are your go-to stop for faith-based career coaching to help you flourish in all seasons of your leadership journey. Flourishing happens when you find strength in God to let go of all worry. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the stress and hustle of this world and to put faith on the back burner. What if you tuned in to our podcast every other Tuesday so that you feel encouraged to go through the rest of your week keeping God top of mind? If you love what we have to say, make sure to follow us on social media, write a review, and subscribe. Get ready to grow, and let's dive in. Hello, Dana. Thank you so much for joining our podcast. Everyone, we have Dana Hagenson with us today, and I could not be more excited to hear more about her story um, and how she really helps people lean into their God-given talents. And so to start us off, Dana, would you mind sharing just a little bit more about who you are? Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to be here, Kelsey. So thank you for having me here today. Um, as you said, my name is Dana Hagenson. I uh, kind of personally, if you a little bit about who I am personally, I have uh, just celebrated my 31st wedding anniversary to my husband, Lauren, my high school sweetheart. Um, And we have three daughters. So our two oldest daughters are out of the house and our oldest daughter is married. Um, So we have the first son-in-law in in the family, which is fun. And they just had our first grandbaby, a little boy, uh, about seven months ago. So we're just loving that. Uh, and then our youngest daughter is still at home. She is 14. So keeping us keeping us young in the uh, teenage years again. So um, I'm very active in my church and, you know, love to volunteer in whatever my kids happen to be involved in at the, at the given moment. Uh, so that's sort of personally who I am. Uh, professionally, I currently teach as an adjunct instructor at Minnesota State Community and Technical College. Uh, or M-State. So I teach some classes in human resources and accounting to college students. Um, And that's, I kind of get the leftover classes, right? So when when full-time faculty don't, you know, have room in their load, then I get some of those classes. Um, So that's kind of a a small part of my job. And then what I mostly spend my time on at M-State is doing workforce development training. So that's a portion of our college where we go out to businesses and train employees. Um, And I focus on doing a lot of leadership development training, uh, team building, communication, uh, all those those sorts of what I call non-technical but highly critical skills that help you to be successful in uh, any organization and any job. And uh, as part of that, I'm a certified uh, strengths finder coach through the Gallup organization. So I get to spend a lot of my time um, doing something I love, which is letting people talk about what they're good at. Uh, so I help people assess uh, through the Strengths Finder assessment. I help people assess what their natural talents and strengths are, and then spend time helping them analyze what does that mean and, and what does that look like for me, and how does it help me in my personal and my professional uh, roles. And um, God, I've been doing that for about probably seven or years or so. And I think I've probably worked with uh, over 3,000 um, people, individuals, and teams, helping them to really understand what those strengths are. And as you said, Kelsey, that kind of really 
I think, um, are their God-given talents and strengths that they have uh, to help them fulfill their purpose. So Dana, I know that there was kind of this moment in time where all of a sudden Strength Finder fell into your lap and it was something that you decided you wanted to pursue. Can you tell us a little bit more about that moment that you realized um, that was a direction you wanted to go in? Yeah, absolutely. I'll, it's kind of a long story, so <laughs> hopefully we have a minute. Um, you know, I started my career way, right out of college um, in, in a, at a software company, and I really loved working there. It was a great culture, a very fast-paced, you know, fast-growing company. And, I, and, and in doing that, you know, you work a lot of hours. I got to do a lot of travel. I just really enjoyed that environment. Um, so I, I did that for, you know, over over a decade. And um, like I said, really enjoyed that kind of work. And it, it fit me well in, in what I was doing. But what I was finding over time is I was, I was starting to have kids. And it became, you know, a lot of time away from them, especially with the travel and working the long hours. And so, you know, I just knew that, you know, maybe it was getting a little bit more than I, I wanted to take on. Um, but it was, a, you know, it was a high paying, uh, great job that was providing a lot of the income for our family. And so I just thought this is a great job. Why would I leave it? And uh, it was about at that same time when uh, my husband and, and I started being uh, part of a faith sharing group at our church. And we would meet once a week with lots of families with kids a similar age and all the kids were around and we, we would have a meal and we would do these uh, faith sharing topics each week. And one week there was a question that we were discussing and I still remember it, it was so many years ago. And the question was, um, what did you do this week that helped to make society a better place? And I just, it just took me aback and I thought, yeah, I do important work at my job, but really is this what I'm doing to make society a better place? Is this what God wanted me to do? And it was really, I think, the first time I'd asked myself, not what what job do I want to have or what do I want to be, but ask myself, what does God want me to do? And so I started to spend a lot of time, um, not a lot of time, but I started to spend some time journaling and and praying about it and of course talking to my husband about it and within a month or so I decided to to leave my job and it was one of the hardest things I have ever done it was a great place to work and so I remember the day I left my job I just bawled like in front of my boss when I just cried and cried because it meant a lot to me but I decided I just really needed to spend some time with my kids um, as they were you know getting a little bit older and then really trying to just really explore what God want for me. And after about three or four years, I had the opportunity to just start teaching very part-time at M-State. I was filling in for some accounting classes during somebody's sabbatical. And so it was very part-time. And then eventually that just started to lead to other courses because I've had a lot of different experiences at the software company. So I was kind of qualified to do some lots of things. Um, so I taught in a couple of different areas. And then at some point, um, it was actually the, the chief academic officer at the time, she came to me and she asked if I would want to teach leadership through workforce training and if I wanted to become a strengths finder coach. And I thought, yes, I, I actually said to her, yes, I do. But why are you asking me? Like I have 
<laughs> not expressed interest. I didn't even know she really knew who I was. Um, and she said, there, I just see something in you. And I think that this would be something that you would do well. Um, and so I was able to go through the certification and it has been just one of the greatest joys and greatest fits for me. So it was something that I didn't ever pursue, um, but somebody noticed it in me. And it's so interesting because when I go out and do StrengthsFinder with people, it's one of the things we talk about is that sometimes your strength, the things that you're meant to do are things you don't see in yourself, but other people see in you, right? So I always just, you know, like to share that my story with them because that's what happened to me is somebody saw a better way for you, me to use my strengths. And that, and that helped me. Yeah. Well, and on that note, I mean, in your workshops, how do you help others lean into their God gifts? Yeah. So it's really interesting, Kelsey, because I, you know, I, like I said, I teach at M state and that's the company that I, or the school that I do my workforce training through. So I don't ever go into a business and say, I'm going to help you use your God-given strengths because mm-hmm. I think I'm get tired of uh, you know, working for a institution. So uh, one of the things that I find so interesting that I like to share with people is that StrengthsFinder is a very well-researched, you know, been based on, you know, decades of research on what the natural um, recurring the naturally recurring patterns of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors um, that you productively apply. That's a talent. And there's been a ton of research around that Gallup has done around what those talents are, right? So they've discovered 400 different talents, and then they categorize those into 34 strengths. So the reason I share that is because when you think about the chances, when you take an assessment like this, and it tells you, here's your top five strengths out of those 34, Well, that's a combination of, you know, several dozen talents that you have. And so worldwide, 25 million people have taken this assessment. But the chances statistically that someone else has the same top five as you in the same order is one in 33 million. So really, you know, that's only your top five, let alone your whole 34. And so what I try to help people understand is this is what you bring that no one else brings, probably in the world right? That you are unique. And so we spend a lot of time talking about what do these strengths look like and how can I tell when I'm using them, right? So that's, you know, that's what I try to help them do is just understand how their strengths are different from other people. Um, But that that's a benefit because that's, that's something they bring that nobody else can bring to that workplace or to their personal life, right? To the world. Mm -hmm. And now I think you mentioned that there's a prayer yeah that you really love that um kind of helps emphasize that do you are you able to share that with us yeah absolutely i brought it along because it it, this is when it really struck me uh one day that i wasn't just talking about statistically valid researched um strengths and leadership information it it's all found in the bible right it's it's just god made us you know there's there's all that scripture that talks about God made you for a specific purpose. And there's this prayer uh, from St. John Henry Newman, and I'm just going to read it if that's okay. Um, and it says, I am created to do something or to be something for which no one else is created. I have a place in God's councils, in God's world, which no one else has. Whether I be rich or poor, despised or esteemed by man, God knows me and calls me by name. 
God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is right, right? And, it's, <laughs> and, I, and so I always feel like this one way, like, you know, lots of ways, obviously, to discover what your gifts are uh, and what that purpose is for you. But I have just really found, you know, doing this kind of work a way that I, I feel like I can help help people um, to figure out what that is, what their purpose is, and what's that thing that God created them to do that no one else has been created to do. I love that. I love that prayer and that concept. I think it's hard for us to remember that sometimes because we get put in the, these boxes. Yes. And, you know, we become an accountant. And so we're yes. in our accountant box and yes. we think, okay, has God really created me to be an accountant? And then we start throwing in this word, just. I've heard a lot of people that say, I am just a mom, or I am just an accountant, or I am just this. And remembering that prayer and the importance that God has created you in such a unique way and has such a specific purpose of your life. And to never throw in that word, just. Um, I love that so oh, much. <laughs> um, that prayer was fantastic. Isn't it beautiful? I just love that so much. And and uh, you know, I have a hard time when I go into to businesses. I'm like, I would just love to start out with that prayer, right? <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? But I feel like I can bring that faith into, you know, my faith um, kind of I think speaks through what I what I talk to people about, right? Um, so, and one of the other things that I help when you asked, you know, what what you do to help people really understand and, and discover their strengths, we talk a lot about um, what are the clues as to when you're using your strengths and when you're not. Mm. And we do this activity um, in the session where I have them um, do write uh, three sentences using their non-dominant hand. And if you've ever tried to write something with your non-dominant hand, it it feels really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ask, you know, people describe it as awkward, terrible, horrible, that it actually hurts sometimes, right? Um, and I always ask, are there things at work or home where you sort of feel like that, right? What are those things? Because those are things that are not using your talents because those talents are your naturally recurring patterns in your brain. And so those things, those are the things that comes naturally to you, right? That your brain was equipped and developed to do. And it does, I know I always tell them, you don't get to say, oh, now I'm going to go back to work and say, I don't have to do these things because you sent us to this training and she said we should only use our strengths. But you do want to think about how you're approaching them, right? And, and if they're the right things. Um, and so when you are using your strengths, right, there are, there's some clues. There's actually five clues uh, that help you to understand when you're using your strengths. Mm. So yeah, so you want to know what they are? Yes, tell <laughs> us, please. I'm so curious. So the first one is um, things that you're naturally drawn to, right? So there are some people who are naturally drawn to do things that involve other people, um, or there other people are naturally drawn to do things where they do them by themselves alone. Some people are naturally drawn to things where they can be very analytical and 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 think through things. Other people are naturally drawn to things where they can create you know, with their hands. So things that you just naturally, when somebody says, do you want to do this? And you say, yes, sign me up. 
that's a sign, right? That's a clue that you're naturally inclined to do that. There's some clues about, you know, um, things that you just pick up rapidly. You can just figure out, you know, you, you get a new task or, you, you know, you start a new project and you're like, oh, this, yeah, I get it, right? You just get it. And you just know the steps you need to take with very little training. That kind of stuff is using your naturally recurring patterns, right? Your brain is meant to do that. Yeah. Um, there are also things like when I, when I finish something and I say, wow, that's pretty good. Like, I, <laughs> right? Maybe I don't say it out loud, but in my head, I'm going, how did I do that? I, I did a really good job. And I have that sense of pride. Um, and then there's those things that you do and you, at the end, you're like, oh, when do I get to do that again? Right. Even if you're so tired, you get so much energy from it or such a feeling from it. You're like, when do I get to do that again? That's, those are some clues, right? And I think those, there's lots of activities that would fall into that. So I always tell people, think about what is the skill? What is the thing that you, that's driving you to do that? Try to use that in more places. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think I maybe shared with you when we chatted earlier, uh, you know, a story about my writing with my non-dominant. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, please share that with us. I thought it was pretty funny when you shared that before. You know, it's like, so my kids, uh, all three of our girls are theater kids. And I had never, I've never been in theater. So when my our oldest daughter was in her first theater production in elementary school, I felt like, um, I wanted to help, right? Because I want to be there. I want to be a part of their lives. I want to do it, be a part of what they're doing. Um, and so I thought all good theater moms went to the costume shop and made costumes and so. And uh, it was so awful. Talk about writing with your wrong hat. Um, I took home these, uh, I was assigned to make these frog feet out of, I don't know, that Foamy kind of stuff. I don't even know what it is because I'm not crafty. And uh, there's a specific pattern. And oh my gosh, my feet look nothing like it. I brought them back in with my head down, just ashamed. Like, here's the feet I made. Um, they never made it onto the stage. My feet were never worn. And <laughs> and I just thought, oh, this is, oh, is this how I have to be a theater mom? Is this what I have to do? It was horrible. And so, but then I found out that also they need people to create spreadsheets and uh, coordinate all the volunteers where other people would go, why are you taking on that job? That's, and I'm like, no, give me all the spreadsheets, all the coordination, I will do that any day. Or let me usher, let me, I found out that I love to usher. And when I started to learn out to seat people and when I started, started to learn about my strengths, I was like, oh, that's why I like to usher, right? It's about making a hundred or, you know, 700 new friends a night when I'm walking to their and sit them down, you know, it just, it just comes so naturally to me. And I always thought I was weird because I was the person who like begged to sign up for those spots. Um, but now I realized, oh, that's because it's using my strengths. So, and, and I was just reminded the other night, uh, my youngest was in a theater production last week or two weeks ago, and they really needed help the last night we were there. I was helping with some other part of hospitality, which of course I love. And they were just kind of almost begging people to go in the costume shop because they really needed people. And my two older daughters were there and I said, maybe I should go to the costume shop. I know I never do, but maybe I should. And they said, mom, don't do it. You're going to embarrass yourself again. Have more work because everyone's going to have to help you. Just stay in your, stay in your bubble, mom. So I That's hilarious. Yeah. So I mean, just, you know, those are the kind of, 
examples I like to give people to think about. What is that for you? You know, yeah. what is ushering? What is your Excel spreadsheet? What's your thing? Yeah. How do you find ways to use that in your job, but outside your job when you're so limited on your time and where you can volunteer, or where you can impact your community or your church? Um, those are the places. Use that. Yeah. Now, have your um, daughters, any of them taken the Strength Finder yet? Yes. So it's interesting. The way I actually first became exposed to Strength Finder was um, a couple of years before I became certified. My husband went to a leadership training and he loved it. He took Strength Finder and he came, he's like, you, you need to take this. And our two oldest daughters were teenagers, teenagers at the time. They need to take this. This is just, you know, something we all need to, to know about each other. Yeah. And all for it. I said, yeah, let's do it. And then of course, it never happens because you get busy and never happens. So that year under the Christmas tree, um, my husband gave us all strength finder assessment codes for Christmas. So on Christmas Eve, we all took the assessment. And uh, so when I became certified, it was really fun because then I could go, oh, here's how we need to talk about it, you guys. Um, so, so yes. And then we had our youngest daughter take, there's also a, uh, Strength Explorer, which is for children under 14. Um, so she's taken that as well. Okay. I was curious about that because I know I'm familiar with a lot of assessments. I know sometimes there's a threshold of kind of the age when it truly starts to matter. I think age yeah. 18 plus usually, or, you yeah. know, things like that, where they say yeah. you could take it, but it might not be accurate. Um, yes. Yeah. So, so that has been, it was super interesting to know about your husband uh, and your kids as well. Because it, we honestly bring it up probably because I'm a coach, that's why, but we probably talk about it every day at our house. <laughs> you know, if I'm arguing with my husband, I'm like, oh, your consistency and my arranger are butting heads right now, right? So it helps us to just to give each other a little bit of uh, positive intent, <laughs> you know. Well, give each other some grace. It sounds like yeah. too, with the more you can understand people's strengths, you might also understand why they are the way they are. Um, I know one of your top strengths is belief, right? Correct. My number five strength is belief. How does that uh, one show up for you? Yeah. So it's interesting because when I first saw belief as a strength, I thought, what does that mean? Like, yeah, I have strong set of values. My faith means a lot to me. I, you know, I kind of make a lot of decisions based on my beliefs. And I found out as I learned more about belief, belief is considered an executing strength. So executing strengths are the ones that drive us to act and to do something and achieve something. And so what I've realized um, is that my belief helps me to prioritize and decide what to say yes to and what to say no to. Um, for one, that's one of the things it does because I have responsibility as one of my top strengths too, which makes me want to say yes to everybody. And, but my belief lets me say, uh, is that something that is, is really going to make a difference, right? Is that something that really falls into my, my strengths that are my values? And so it helps me to, to act, I think, choose what I'm going to act on. I think it also drives me when I do believe strongly in something. I mean, just get out of my way because I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna act on it. And I'm like, it it can cause me to get a little feisty, maybe sometimes. <laughs> I love that. It also helps me, I think, pick my battles. Um, 
when there's something I don't agree with. And I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't, you know what? Mm, that's not what I'm going to, it's not a battle I'm going to pick today. I think, I think that helps me. Um, yeah. In the, in the way that I execute on things and the way that I approach people um, definitely as well. Right. Because I have a strong belief that I'm here to serve others. Um, and so even though empathy is way down at the bottom of the list for me, I can still, <laughs> I still care. I still care, right? I still am a caring person who wants to serve other people because that's a core, that's a core of my belief system. Well, okay. Yeah. It's awesome that we have you um, here to talk to us today, because I think one of the things you mentioned is just um, being that belief is such a strong one for you it helps you really understand what to say yes to and what to say no to. So I'm curious if you have any advice for those of us who maybe belief isn't at the top for us on um, maybe some of your super genius uh, thought process around how you implement that um, in your life when it comes to deciding what to prioritize. Yeah. So I will tell you, uh, I, I'm definitely not a genius at it. I definitely don't get it right every time. Uh, my responsibility wants to just say yes, yes, yes. And I think as a, when I was younger, I did that. And what I started as I, as I got a little bit older and a little more mature, I started to realize that when I say yes to everything, I don't provide high quality at anything. Mm. And that is really hard for me. So I, so that was one thing. The other thing is when I say yes to everything, uh, the things that start to go are the, that, that go away, that fall off of the prioritization list. If I keep saying yes to everything are the things that are most in line with what I value, my family, my faith, my friends, my, you know, my, any, any volunteering that, you know, and that can start to go. So I, so some of that, I just learned through hard lessons of going, oh my gosh, I'm having to say no to all the things I really care about because I said yes to all these other things too soon. So something really practical, I mean, a couple of really practical things that I do to help balance is I plan, I'm a planner. Mm -hmm. So I look ahead every week. I mean, Sunday night is calendar night at our house. Our whole family knows it. It's calendar night. Yep. <laughs> I sit down and we talk about what does this week hold? And what you know, and 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 we know when we can't say yes to any more things, right? And what what that's going to impact. And I plan, um, you know, I plan like I so I teach, and my husband teaches, so he doesn't work in the summer, um, very little anyway. And I doesn't work. He does a lot of projects. He doesn't he doesn't get paid to work in the summer. Uh, <laughs> and because I do workforce training, I can choose to be a, really busy in the summer. Um, and there were a couple summers where I did, where I did that and I hated it. You know, I was like, I'm not, I'm missing all this family time when I could be spending with my family when my kids are home from school and my husband's home from school. So I started planning a year in advance. I look at my summer and I block off big chunks of time where I won't take anything. So part of it's planning, but it's really knowing what's important to me. But like on a daily basis, the things I say, when I decide and prioritize things, when somebody asks me something, I ask myself a series of questions, honestly. I, because I'm a strengths person, I first say, am I, is this in my area of strength? Am I the best person to do this? Is there somebody else that could have this opportunity? 
and maybe, you know, that this might be a good opportunity for somebody else. Is that the case? Right. And if I say, you know what, yes, this is something that is in my area of strength. Maybe I, this is something I should do. I do th I think, okay, yes, I could do it. Should I do it? Is it worth whatever else I might have to give up in order to do this thing? Is it right? And I do want to think about how it will affect the other person, of course. You know, how does it affect somebody if I say no? And oftentimes, if I say, if I have to say no, I do try to think about what could I offer them instead as another option? Could I at least give them another resource? Could I at least send them to somebody who I know could help them with this? So that I'm just, I, I rarely just say no, <laughs> you know, except to my kids, you know. Uh, but I, or, <laughs> So I don't, does that help? Well, that's sort of just my own thought process. And how I, yeah, I wrote down a lot of things. <laughs> but what's interesting is I ask this question to a lot of people. Um, yeah. It's one of my favorite questions to ask because I find that so many people, especially women, really struggle with saying yes and no to the right things. And it was interesting because um, what you said wasn't necessarily fully different from what I've heard before, but it was the way that you paired it together and said, if I say yes to everything, then I won't provide high quality. And if I say yes to everything, typically the first things to drop off are the things that I value most. And those two statements that you made, um, again, while I've, I feel like I've thought of them before, the way that you put them um, and the way that you worded them, it was like light bulb. Um, <laughs> because again, and you know, part of our mission of this podcast is to help people stop putting their faith on the back burner. Um, and so, no, I think those tips and pieces of feedback you gave were just fantastic. Good. And, you know, when you mentioned faith, I think one of the things that I got caught up in a little bit is when I was again, I learned from it, um, is that even sometimes when you're, when I, I'll say I, when I was volunteering too much at my church, and so I'm thinking, oh, I'm doing all these things that I value and that is part of my faith, I start to get a little bitter. I start to get, a, you know, I start to resent it a little bit because it's taking up a lot of my time. And then, you know what, I don't take time to pray right? Because I'm doing, doing, doing that I, that I go, oh, I don't really have time to pray this morning. Um, and that, so sometimes those, all, all the things that we're saying yes to can be good. Mm -hmm. But I just really try to think about what is it taking me away from? Well, you, know? you thought, you thought that saying yes to volunteering at your church, that's going to help you grow closer to your faith. When in fact, the doing element of um, doing and volunteering versus maybe spending time in the Bible or maybe taking time to pray or maybe telling, reading the Bible with your kids or, you know, any of those things. It's interesting how um, we forget to really pause and think, is this truly aligning with my values or is it just kind of this, I don't want to say facade, but like this um, thing that we think is aligning when in reality, it actually isn't helping. Right. The reason I'm doing it is out of a sense of responsibility or a sense of something else rather than a sense of, of really living my faith. So I did, you know, there are things now that I'm, again, I'm getting older. So, <laughs> so I kind of know the things even at my church and in the community that are really using my gifts. Mm -hmm. where I'm really meant, I feel like where I'm really meant to serve. Um, and I, and if I just focus on those, I can, 
I can provide a lot more value and I can, I can have a lot more impact and a lot more purpose rather than just spreading myself across all the things I could do. Right. Well, and that shows true leadership as well, being able to lead by example, not only for your children, but also for those around you. Um, let's take a minute to just quick talk about leadership, because I know that in some of your conversations with students or the people that you work with, um, you talk more about authentic leadership. So maybe tell us, um, as people that are leaders and aspiring to grow as leaders, how can we lean in, maybe even into our strengths in order to be more authentic leaders? Yeah, I love that question because I, I do, when I teach leadership, I it's usually strengths-based leadership, right? So a lot of times I think we sort of have a vision of what a leader is. And it turns out, no, there's no two leaders like that are the same, right? So if I try to be the leader, just like, you know, that, that other person that I look up to, yes, I can learn from them, but I can't copy them. I can't be that leader because I'm, I'm not that person. Um, and so when I think, when, what I talk about with leadership that I just tie right again in my own mind, I just tie right back to the Bible, um, is where authentic leadership comes from, right? So I, again, I base all the leadership training that I do on statistically valid research studies and, and, and my own experience and other people's experiences that I've learned from over the last, you know, 14 or so years that I've been doing this. And what, what, leader, what, what studies show time after time is what, what people need from leaders is they need leaders they can trust. They need leaders who will show compassion and caring for them as a person, not just for the work that they do. They need leaders who can help them to feel stable in their job by being honest with them, by providing them feedback, you know, by treating them with respect. And they need leader, leaders who will instill hope, help them to see hope for the future. Right. So, you know, there's there's a big study by Gallup that talks about the four needs of followers and they, you know, studied, you know, thousands of individuals to find out what do people need from their leaders and it's trust, compassion, stability and hope. And so, it, you know, I just read that and I'm like, well, again, <laughs> research backs the Bible again. Um, <laughs> but but it, that's and that's what I teach on. Right. So every no matter if I'm teaching coaching or communication or change leading through change or whatever you know topic I'm teaching we always go back to how are you building trust compassion stability and hope because that's what people that's what people want from you and I also try to help leaders understand what a big deal they have in people on people in their personal lives not just at work what a big deal they are mm. because you know I always quote this study from the Mayo Clinic from a couple of years ago and it said that a, a person's direct supervisor at work has a bigger impact on that person's physical health than that person's primary care provider. And it's because, right, our leader, the person that supervises us at work has, you know, has kind of our life and our, our professional life in their hands, right? They can determine whether I get to have a job tomorrow. They can make my job miserable. They can, they can make my job great. Um, they have such an impact. And so my stress level, um, is, is really impacted by my direct supervisor. And that cortisol that fills, <laughs> fills my body has an impact on my, on my health. And so I always 
is kind of start out a lot of my leadership training with some of those facts. And people's eyes get kind of like, because you know, you're kind of going like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is that whole thing. Sorry, keep going. I'm no, just. That's okay. Go for it. <laughs> no, I'm baffled. I think, um, you know, my mind goes in like 10 different directions, right? Yeah. I think about, yes, the physical health, but then I also think about kind of this mental health crisis that we're in right now where people are hurting and just um, that that comparison. I would be really interested in reading that article um, or maybe putting it in our, our show notes yeah. for people, um, but that your direct supervisor can have more of an impact on your health than even your care provider. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Yes. I can definitely follow up and send you the link to that article. Yeah. Um, so that people can look at it. I just found it so fascinating. And it does, it, what I, the reason I do it is because I don't think people understand that. A lot of people get put into a leadership role because they were good at their job mm -hmm. and then they're leadership, in, in leadership and they don't always understand what an impact they, they have on others. And it, and so we just have to treat people as people. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> at the end of the day, no matter what job you're in and what company, people are people. And we all, we all have those needs, those basic needs to be cared about. Well, you know? and, and too, just from our conversation today, I think you mentioned earlier how beautiful it is when as a leader or as a coworker, you see a gift in someone else, you see a talent shining through um, and really you know, right now, just based on what you're saying, the importance of acknowledging when we see someone's talents, because whether or not they've taken Strength Finder just by observing others in the workplace, we can see people's skill sets all around us. And if we don't acknowledge those, um, I can see where that would also have a negative impact on your team, on your culture. Um, and so just the importance of even just acknowledging each other's different abilities, different God-given talents, as we've yeah. said today a lot, um, I think can be really powerful. I agree so much. And I think, um, well, for me, knowing strengths has helped about strengths has helped me to do that, right? So again, whether or not people have taken the assessment or not, they all, we all have strengths. And so I do, I am much more apt to notice when somebody does something well and to say, you know what, you really have a gift for that. That is, you, you really are talented at that. Um, and that's what people want in the workplace too, right? Is for people to look for what's right with people instead of what's wrong with people. Mm. Yes. Yeah instead of spending so much time focusing on how people should be improving it's let's let's lean into how people where their secret superpowers are um, that they might not even know about themselves yeah. absolutely so with that I guess a couple things as we head towards wrapping up here um first um, I'm gonna kind of flip-flop this but first you know Dana when it comes to being connected with you, staying in touch, you know, if anyone wants to one, reach out to you or even two, like is interested in the strength finder, is there a way that they can get in touch with you and um, yeah, make that connection happen? Yeah, absolutely. If you want, I can, you know, send you my contact information to put in the, the show notes yeah. for the past and you can certainly include it there. Um, if they have more interest in, the, in just the strength finder, they can just go uh, Google Clifton Strengths. And take it right there. Take it right there. It's very, Perfect. very common, very well known worldwide. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, we'll definitely include those things in the show notes. Um, because again, I'm sure there are people on here that are curious and have really been inspired by your story. Um, and also are like, what is this strength finder? Now that I know that it was awesome enough for, for Dana to have as a Christmas present for her entire family. <laughs> um, <laughs> it has to be a pretty cool assessment. But anyways, I've taken it, I've taken it, I think three times and I really loved learning more about myself. Um, so yes, I think that's a great tool. And then the other thing I was going to ask is, I think we were wanting to maybe close with that prayer one more time. Absolutely. Are you reading that one more time for our listeners? Absolutely. I love it. Um, and again, it's from St. John Henry Newman. And it goes like this. I am created to do something or to be something for which no one else is created. I have a place in God's councils, in God's world, which no one else has. Whether I be rich or poor, despised or esteemed by man, God knows me and calls me by name. God has created me to do him some definite service. He has committed some work to me, which he has not committed to another. Mm, I love that. Thank, Thank you so much for um, sharing that prayer with us sharing your message, Dana. It's been such a good conversation. Uh, you've really shared a lot today and I had, I had some light bulbs. Um, hope we didn't take too many confusing twists and turns, but I, I think it was pretty fun getting to know you better even today and just having you share with our listeners um, a little bit more about you and how you help people lean into their talents. Um, so thank you for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you.